and, and, and I just titled this The Paths to Poverty, and I don't think this is a normal, I don't know, this isn't maybe necessarily a, a normal thing that you'd hear a missionary preach, um, you know, but, but, I, but the, the Lord impressed it on my heart to share this with you all. And we started in Genesis chapter 45, or the illustration for the, for the message comes from Genesis chapter 45. So let's turn there, and, um, and I, I, will not, uh, I will not keep you all long this evening. Pastor took us to the to the Mexican restaurant, and I have this big torta or whatever. Well, I ate something, man. It was a plateful, and uh, so <laughs> I'm having a hard time breathing as we're standing here now. So, uh, but Genesis chapter 45, and that's a blessing because we in in Thailand we we love the Thai food, but we crave some things. We crave a good Mexican restaurant and uh, Chick Fil A and and a few other things uh, we like to we like to do. We had already hit up Chick Fil A in Omaha. But this is the first time we got to enjoy a delicious uh, Mexican meal. So, but uh, Genesis chapter 45, Genesis chapter 45, and this, of course, is the story where Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers. You know the story. We won't do, if you did the backstory, we'd be here all night. But, uh, but of course, Joseph was uh, betrayed by his brothers. His brothers sold him into slavery. He was there in the land of Egypt for 20 years and became the, the premier of the land of Egypt or the governor of the country, whatever title, uh, you, I guess the prime minister maybe would be his, his title. But, um, but, uh, the brothers came. There was a, there was a seven year famine in all of the land. They were two years into the famine and they came to Egypt to buy corn. And then they find out, uh, after, after a period of time, they find out that the person that they have to buy corn from is their brother, the one that they threw in the pit, the one that they sold as a slave. And how unfortunate, you know. But um, praise the Lord, uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph had the long suffering. Amen. Had the long suffering and uh, was patient with him. Let's read these verses in verses nine, ten, and eleven. Our text verses: Genesis forty-five, nine, uh, ten, and eleven. And this is Joseph sending a message with his brothers back to his father in uh, in Canaan. He sends the, the message back to uh, Jacob. And, uh, and here's what he says to his father that he hasn't seen in many, many years. Uh, haste ye, father, and go up to, uh, he's telling his brothers, haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son, Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Now, Goshen was the best land they had to offer in Egypt. And thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine. Five more years tacked on to the two that they'd already had seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And there are yet five years of famine yet to come. Lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word of God. Every word is true. And uh, we thank you that we have this uh, absolutely clear and uh, perfect translation for us here in uh, the King James Bible in the English. What a joy and a, and a blessing that is. So, Father, I pray that you'll help as we get into the Word of God tonight, that this will challenge us and, uh, and help us as we rear our children and rear the next generation, as Psalm 78 says, to teach our children and their children and the multiple generations to come the praises of the Lord and uh, so I pray that you'll bless this preaching tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we have this uh, this idea 
of course, we know that uh, in the world today, a lot of churches, so-called churches, they've got away from they've gotten away from sound doctrine, and um, and a lot of preachers have gotten in trouble over the years preaching prosperity doctrine, and you know this is how you get rich, and coming to church is all about uh, wealth and prosperity, and I mean praise God for all that He gives us, Amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the from the Father, cometh down from above. And we're thankful for all of God's many blessings. And but I, I'm thankful as a missionary that I don't have to live in a grass hut. I'm very thankful for that. When we first went to the mission field, we didn't know. Uh, I've talked to missionaries who who lived in uh, metal shipping containers for months on end. And uh, I've talked to missionaries who, who do live out in the jungle, live out in the bush. And uh, so many missionary stories that you read from years ago. Uh, husbands who lost their wives and lost their children to illness and sickness and disease. And, uh, uh, but, um, but the last few years have been a lot of illness and a lot of sickness and a lot of difficulty with that. Uh, but, uh, I'm thankful for all that God has blessed us with and has allowed us to serve Him more effectively, I believe. Amen. But, uh, here we have this message from Joseph to his father. And he says, look, Dad, he says, I want you to come to a place where where I know that you'll be well taken care of, you'll be protected, and you'll be provided for. He said, I don't want you and all that you have to come to poverty. And uh, and I believe that. I believe that God has blessings for us and uh, to the extent that we'll take those blessings and use them for His kingdom and use them for His glory. Amen? So, uh, God wants us to, to, He loves His children. Uh, Proverbs 3, we'll be in Proverbs a good bit, but Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God, God wants us, you know, we, we often think of the verses that Jesus, uh, talked to His disciples, and, uh, He says to them, Lay not up for yourselves uh, treasures on earth, right? But uh, I got a fly that loves my hair gel, brother. He keeps coming back for more, and that's okay. I'm gonna smack him one time, and uh, and it'll be messy, but uh, he'll be done with. Uh, but um, but uh, he did. He said he said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Amen. God God doesn't condemn Christians to to be. Uh, to be, uh, to, to, to live eternally in poverty. Uh, and I see, and I look at the cars out in the parking lot, I say, praise the Lord, man, folks are doing okay. That's a blessing. And, uh, and, you know, we, uh, we, preacher, we, uh, we drove up today in this white Honda van. You know, somebody gave us that van. And, uh, before we came back to the, to the States, it was one of the things I was worrying about. Not worried about, you know, but just praying about and asking the Lord about. And I'm thinking, you know, here's here's a budget that I have. Uh, you know, do I do I take out a loan for this amount of money? Do I get a van? You know, we needed a van or something to travel in. And I'm thinking, you know, like a 2000, not 1998, you know, Nissan Quest or, or or a Dodge Caravan or something, you know, and where the windows are crank windows and this and that. But uh, somebody got that van for us. What a miracle! Uh, but God provided that for us, and God. I believe that God will continue to care for us and provide for us. He loves us. He wants us to, to, to just to enjoy life, to love life. But, but I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying, uh, you know, do this and this and this and God's gonna, you're gonna be a millionaire and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. But I do believe that God 
he shows us very clearly there are some things that lead towards poverty. And so with our folks there, because they struggle with poverty, and, and the understanding of, of how to handle finances is just, it's, a, it's so foreign to them. I, one of the last things that I dealt with in our church before I came here, we had, uh, we have, uh, two, uh, we have quite a few widows in our church. Two of those widows had borrowed money from another one of our, one of the ladies in our church. And, uh, they all live in the same area. And, uh, this, this, you know how these kind of things, they, they take a while to bubble up. Uh, and, uh, and so I found out about this. It happened two years ago. They borrowed money from this other lady in our church. And, uh, and she was so kind and gracious to give them a loan at 10%. Uh, 10% per month. And, uh, she loaned them 20,000 baht, which is the equivalent of about $600. And, uh, she was also so gracious. The very first, this all came out, you know, because I, I sat and counseled with them and they had their ledgers out and they were counting off the numbers and this and that. And I, and, and, and obviously the way that people think about money is very convoluted. It's not biblical. Um, but, uh, the, the, these ladies were on the path to poverty. And so I, I, and so I went back to these notes and I said, listen, listen, ladies, first of all, don't borrow and, and loan to each other and this and that. We won't get into all that. But, but there are some definite things that the Bible says lead us towards poverty. And, uh, and that first thing we touched on this morning was a hatred towards instruction. Instruction is, is the, um, is the, is the, the biblical method for instilling wisdom. Uh, and it's the way, it's the tone of voice that a father has. It's the, it's the discipline, the physical discipline, the biblical physical discipline, uh, of children. And, uh, it, it, instruction means to chasten, to rebuke, and also to restrain, to hold back. And that's what you do when you tell your kids, hey kids, you're going out, make sure you're home by 10 o'clock. Right? Don't, and I don't know what the time is here in South Dakota. Is it, you know, some, some places it's nine o'clock. At our house, it's, it's eight thirty. It gets dark at seven o'clock. And I don't want the kids out too much past dark. But, uh, but, you know, you put restraints on them. And that's part of this, this idea of instruction. And there are those that hate instruction. And, uh, and, and often we think about this in, in the context of teenagers. You work with young people and you've seen it before. Anybody that's worked with young people or, or, hey, I mean, we've been a teenager ourselves at one point. So, so we understand there's, uh, there's many young people that just are rebellious and reject any type of biblical instruction. But how often those same young people who reject godly instruction will turn around and get advice from their buddies. Right. And, the, and, and just like, uh, just like Solomon's son, uh, Rehoboam did. What did he do? He went to the older men that were counselors who had counseled the king for many, many years. He got advice from them. Then he turned around and he got, uh, counsel from those who were, who were his, his peers. And, uh, he took the bad counsel that he got from these young people. But, uh, but, uh, the Bible says, um, in Second Chronicles chapter 30 verse 8, now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into His sanctuary, which He has sanctified forever. Serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of His wrath may turn away from you. Now, there's a verse in Proverbs that, that talks about instruction and loving instruction. Verse uh, 1 of Proverbs chapter 12, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. And we talked about that briefly this morning, the idea uh, of how, how we resist instruction, but the Bible says our heart should be set in a way where we love it. 
where we seek after it, where we desire instruction. So, uh, but that's a path towards poverty. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. And, and, and everybody could probably think of a time where somebody that you worked with or somebody that you know, and you think, boy, they're just doing things the hard way. They're just, that's just a dumb way to do it. There's a better way to do it, but I can't tell them because if you tell them, they're not going to listen. You know, and you've experienced that. And, uh, uh, but there's, there are those that, that, uh, that reject instruction. That is a path towards shame and a path towards poverty. Um, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs chapter one says, the fear of the Lord bringeth knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And remember, that's wisdom, uh, is, is, is God's knowledge, God's understanding, and, uh, the way that things really are. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks in the world at the universities, and they've got all kinds of facts in their brain, but that doesn't equal up to the truth, does it? Uh, but wisdom is, is the truth of God. It's the actual truth that this world is created upon. And, uh, and instruction is the correct way of administering that wisdom. And so the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is just that, that, um, that sincere awareness of the presence of God. And, uh, do you live that way? Do you live? with the fear of the Lord, knowing all the time that God is really there with me. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows, you know, not, not in some kind of a spooky way, but just knowing that, hey, my life belongs to God. I'm God's child. He's here to guide me. The Holy Spirit lives in my heart, and, uh, and He's with me all the time. You said this morning, He's with us all the time. Praise the Lord for that. And that's the fear of the Lord is, is the constant awareness that God is with me all the time. I know that He's here. I'm going to live in a way that pleases Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom. They despise instruction. And that will lead to ruin in their lives. It ruined my life for four or five years. Some of you may have uh, testimonies similar to that. The second path towards poverty, the Bible says very clearly, is selfishness. Proverbs 21 the Bible says, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. Verse 13, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor. I love to come to a church that has a bus ministry. Um, the idea uh, of of running buses is not popular in every church or, or going out and, and, and going to the poor neighborhoods. And I don't know, I, I don't know this area, my first time here, but everywhere you go, it, it, you'll, there's a poor area of town, isn't there? When we lived in uh, North Carolina as a kid growing up, and uh, you, we called it the other side of the tracks. I mean, that's, there's nothing prejudiced about it. There's just the train tracks. And here's the, the house that we grew up in. It was a nice middle-class neighborhood, but you could go across the train tracks, and there were factories, and there were uh, low-cost housing and all this kind of thing. And, uh, and I remember my brother and I, we, we just, just, just generally, we stayed on one side of the tracks just because we, we felt it was safer. We went over there one day and, uh, riding our bikes on the other side of the tracks. And, uh, and we got stopped by, like, we, we were, I don't know, 
eight, nine years old, riding our bikes. And a group of about eight or ten boys rode up on their bicycles. And we were surrounded just like that. You know, they wondered, what are you doing over here? You don't live over here. You live over there. And, uh, and my, and, and I was like, I was like, let's fight. Let's go. And, uh, my brother's got a lot more sense than I do. And, uh, he said, no, man, that's, he said, my dad's a preacher. We're Christians. And, uh, and one of the boys that stopped, he goes, really? Your dad's a preacher? My dad's a preacher too. All right. You guys are cool. Go ahead. And, uh, so it worked out, praise the Lord. But uh, but but uh, the, the, wherever you live, there's that there there are those. And I tell people, I tell the people in our church this. And and I'm telling you, I preach to poor people every day. I mean, poor poor people. And I tell them that no matter who you are, no matter what your situation in life is, there's always somebody who has less than you have. Amen. And especially as a Christian, and God gives you all of these resources and he wants to know what are you going to do? How are you going to go out and find? And, and it's not convenient, folks. Listen, uh, it's real convenient just to, just to, you know, to kind of pile it up and stack it up real nice, you know, and keep it close. But, uh, but, but God gives us a little bit more when we're allowed, when, when, when we're willing to follow him and find the poor and help them and be a blessing to them. But selfishness, the Bible says, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, this is an important verse, say not unto thy neighbor, go and get the idea of the neighbor who comes and he needs something, he needs some help. And he says, the Bible says, uh, don't say to your neighbor, you know, go and then come again tomorrow. I will give it to you when thou hast it by thee. When you have the thing that, and uh, this used to happen all the time when we were young. I don't, you don't see it too much anymore, but, but uh, my mom would say, hey, hey, Tim, go across the neighbor's house and ask him for a cup of sugar. Did that is that a South Dakota thing? No, no, no. But uh, years and years ago, uh, but uh, she would be she would, she would be cooking dinner or making something or or making a pitcher of sweet tea, and a gallon of sweet tea takes at least two cups of sugar. So, uh, but no, but uh, but she'd say she'd she'd give me she'd give me a, 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 a like we didn't have plastic bags, but she'd give us a cup. She'd give me a measuring cup and say, "Go to the neighbor and ask him for a cup of sugar." I felt so stupid. Here I am. Uh, can I have a cup of sugar, please? You know, I'd knock on two or three doors and they, and they close the blinds, you know, but, um, but, but, uh, but there's a biblical principle here. I think maybe my mother was trying to teach me the Bible, but, um, but it says somebody comes to you and asks you for something. Now, now, when the blessings that God has given you, we ought not to wait for somebody. They ought not to have to come to us, but we ought to be going to them. But anytime somebody comes to you, and says, you know, I need, and I understand the, the wisdom and the principle. You don't, you know, there's, if there's a fellow on the street and, and he's a drug addict, you don't hand him a $20 bill. You understand? But, uh, but boy, take him, get him a hamburger, get him a cheeseburger, get him something to eat and try to help him and give him a gospel track. But there are those that are going to come to you and God is going to give you a, you know, that is, that is one of the best opportunities to give the gospel to somebody, somebody who, who, who has humbled themselves already and said, you know, I need something. I need some help. Well, you, you know what? You came to the right person. Praise God. Sit down right here. Let me let me get you a glass of water. Let me sit down and talk to you for a minute and preach the gospel to him and help him in any way you can. The Bible says, uh, and, and this was a common thing. Neighbors would go would go to the neighbor. Uh, and there's the parable um, that Jesus uh, that Jesus shared and uh, about the uh, about the man who comes on a long journey and uh, and he's persistent he goes to his neighbor knocks on the door it's one o'clock two o'clock in the morning knocking 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 and uh because of his importunity right he kept asking and kept asking he kept asking but uh there's a principle here that god uh is going to continue to bless us uh but but god condemns selfishness proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 and 25 
these verses here, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. That's the idea of, you know, uh, uh, don't hold on to it too tight, you know, and uh, the Ebenezer Scrooge mentality, you know, where he uh, uh, keeps it all real, real close. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meet or more than is necessary, but it tendeth to poverty. And that's the principle behind this verse. Selfishness leads to poverty. Selfishness leads to poverty. And, um, you know, there, there, there are, um, there's some very, very wealthy people in the United States, wealthy billionaires. And you talk about people like Bill Gates or, uh, what's the fellow that lives in Omaha? Uh, uh Warren Buffett. Uh, you talk about these, now they're not, they're not Christians. They're not, but, but you realize if they live by the principles taught in the book of Proverbs that they have, that the same biblical principles apply to them, you got a fellow like, uh, like a Warren Buffett, uh, and he's donating to charity and, uh, and these, these multi-billionaires and they're giving and giving and giving to charity and trying to give more. And many Christian, many wealthy Christian businessmen have made that their principle in life where they're trying to, they, they, they almost make it a contest to try to outgive God, you know, and you can never outgive God. But, uh, but the, the, the word in these verses scattereth, it just means to disperse. It means to give out freely without expecting any kind of a return. That's a, that's a problem that we have in the world today. It's a problem that we have in our, in our country where I live and serve. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, we call, it's called in the Thai Buddhist religion, tambun, and it just means, uh, merit making. It means doing things so that it goes good on my record, so to speak. And it's not, it's not actual, you know, it's not that you're doing good to help somebody else. You're doing good to help yourself. And so I try to preach on this often and try to help people to understand that anytime you, you, God impresses on your heart to give to somebody, and this is a terrible missionary coming in, uh, telling you about giving. Sorry about that. Uh, but, uh, but it's just the principle. It's biblical. Amen. But, uh, but, but when, uh, when you give something, just to forget about it, let it go and don't worry about it. Just, it's gone. Uh, it's, it's, and, and, and that's this idea to scatter it and let it go and, uh, to give it out in a way so that it can't find its way back to you. You know, you ever have somebody, the, 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 uh, the gangsters in Chicago used to say, if you got, if you hate a guy, you don't ever want to see him again, loan him a hundred dollars. You won't see him after that. And, uh, and, and, uh, he'll never come back. But, um, but, uh, this is a wonderful biblical principle. Selfishness is a terrible way to live. Uh, and, 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 eat, and some of the wealthiest people are some, are, are, are spiritually and emotionally and, and in regards to relationships, they're some of the poorest people you can imagine. They're miserable and alone. So praise the Lord. Whatever you've got, give it. Let it go. Given it shall be given unto you. Jesus said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give it to your bosom. Uh, praise the Lord for that. The Bible doesn't say that wealth uh, will be given to you, and then you should give. The Bible says to take what you have, give what you have, give what you can, and then God will continue to add to that and multiply onto that. Uh, so then, then just briefly, uh, another one of these sort of paths to poverty, if you want to call it that, paths to poverty, uh, selfishness and greed. First Timothy chapter six and verse six says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. That's a wonderful way to live. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
Verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world, and we're not going to carry anything out. It is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. You know, living in uh, a, in a, Thailand, if you research Thailand, you, you may find some uh, websites or some, uh, some that call it a, a third world country still. Some say it's not a third world country anymore. But there are definitely parts of the country that still live in that same type of day-to-day sort of existence where they really don't know. We go and invite somebody to church, you know, and uh, they think, when is church? Well, we have church, we have services on Sunday, we have services on Wednesday, and, they, and, and I'm telling you, the mentality is like, you know, well, today's Monday. Why are you talking about this today? That's two days away. I, I'm not even thinking about tomorrow yet. And that's how they live. And, and they, so many people do what is called a, a kai hong. And that just, you ask them, what do you do? What do you do for a living? What kind of work do you do? Kai hong. And that just means I sell stuff. And whatever they can find, they'll turn around and sell it. You know, uh, and, and their countries like our country, like the United States, wealthier countries will send uh, uh, containers and contain all the goodwills. You know, goodwill, they have goodwill here. Uh, uh, all the things that goodwill cannot sell, they'll put it in containers and they'll ship it to Southeast Asia. And people there will take it and they'll go through it. And uh, and maybe they'll use some of it or maybe they'll take it and they'll walk down the street and sell it. And they have markets. They have these uh, day markets and night markets and you can walk through the market. And and some people are growing grocery, uh, growing uh, vegetables and they're selling vegetables. And some people that are selling uh, coffee, they'll have a little hot pot there and they'll brew up a pot of coffee for you. But it's just real meager day to day kind of thing. And they, 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 they're very sharp mentally because they know exactly how much it's going to cost today. But tomorrow, there's not a whole lot of thought, not a lot of planning about the future. And I, I find that surprisingly refreshing. You know, uh, so many people, their lives are, are very simple. It's just a day to day existence. And, uh, and so we, uh, one of the things that we've done, preacher, over the years is just opened midweek services different days of the week. Some places will have a meeting on a Friday or we'll normally have a, a meeting on a Wednesday or maybe on a Tuesday, depending on the area that we go to. There's a large, uh, group of people that were born in Burma and uh, they live about 20 minutes from our, from the church that I pastor. And most of them work out in the fields. They grow aloe vera, uh, or they grow pineapples. And so they're out in the fields working all day long. And, uh, and the owners of the plantations, the owners of the property, they're not, they're not Christians. You know, these people are working seven days a week, seven days a week, day after day. They get up early in the morning. They go to work, work till the sun comes down. And so, uh, but these are people that are just living day by day. And, and as, as an American, growing up in, 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 in relative affluence is difficult for us to see that, um, but there are places, amen, there, there, there are poorer neighborhoods wherever you go. And so reach out to those people, bless those people, and be good to them. But greed and that, just, uh, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8, uh, remove far from me vanity and lies, give me neither poverty nor riches. Amen. That's a good way to live. Uh, and, and, and so whatever God gives you over and above, make sure that you're being a blessing to somebody else. And, uh, of course, Another path to poverty. This is an obvious one. Laziness. Laziness. First Thessalonians chapter three says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us, 
For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. We behave ourselves not disorderly among you. Neither do we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might be chargeable to any of you. Now, I'm talking to a bunch of hardworking people here. I talked to several of you this morning. You talk about uh, growing up on a farm, your farmers. I don't think there's a lazy bone in this church. You know, I'm looking around a bunch of hardworking people. Praise God. But uh, there's a lot of places in this world where people have just figured out how to live without working. And that's absolutely wicked. And, and, and there's no, uh, boy, it's just, it just leads to destitution and ruin in the lives, especially in the lives of your children. It'll destroy your children. I remember working in Chicago when I was in Bible college, and I'll, I'll finish here with uh, just a few more thoughts. But I remember working in, in, at Estes Freight. It was a truck dock, and I would drive a forklift and load trucks and, and, and go to college in the morning, go to class, and grab lunch with my wife, and then drive an hour to get to work and uh, drive a forklift and, um, and load trucks uh, until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, there was a fellow there that I worked with. He had grown up in Chicago. And uh, he had worked at that at that place, Estes Trucking Company. He'd worked there for many years, and uh, he was I, 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 he was just the laziest person there, you know. And uh, and there were guys that were hustling and guys that were busy. And uh, some of us we'd break maybe five loads, six loads, seven loads a night, and he would break his two loads a day, and that was it. And uh, and and I talked to him one day, and uh, I said, hey, what, why? Why do you do that? Why, why do you work like that? I mean, it can't be, I mean, I like to stay busy. You know, I want to stay busy and keep moving and, and it just makes the time pass faster. And he, I never forget it. His father worked at the same place. He worked first shift. We were on second shift. His, he said, he said this. He said, Tim, a long time ago when I first started working here, my dad said, take it easy. Just go real easy. Take it real slow. He said, because, because then, then nobody bothers you. And, uh, I thought, well, that's real. That's some philosophy to pass on to your son, isn't it? Just do the least amount of work you can do and to keep your job. And I thought, man, I don't want to live that way. And, uh, so we, we left the, we went to Thailand amen, and made it real difficult. No, but, uh, but, but you understand that you understand the value of hard work. And, uh, man, if a man doesn't work, you shouldn't eat. And, uh, and, and we shouldn't provide our government shouldn't be providing. For, for people who aren't willing to work. I understand some people can't physically. I get that. We've got a man in our church, um, several folks in our church, one man, uh, one, 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 uh, widow lady, and she's got a son named Book, and Book is, is a little younger than me. He's close to 40 years old, and, uh, but he's just laying in a bed. He can't walk. He can't do anything. He can't get out of bed. And, and the Thai government gives her 700 baht a month to help him. 700 baht a month is, is, Ten dollars, something like that. That's that's the that's the stipend that she gets from the government. Somebody ought to share that with her. No, but but uh, but we're we're paying people to do nothing. I mean, but the Bible says laziness uh, is wicked. Laziness is is a wicked lifestyle. Well, don't don't uh, fall into that. He said, Paul said, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but we wrought with labor and travail night and day. What was Paul? Paul was a tent maker. Amen. Paul went everywhere he went. He took his tools with him. He had his canvas with him. And he, no doubt, he went into the markets and set up shop and started making tents and selling tents. You know, people bought, a lot of people used tents, amen, back then. And, uh, and, and it was, it was an important part of his ability to travel and get around the world. So praise the Lord for that. But, uh, uh selfishness leads to poverty. Laziness leads to poverty. Uh, uh, hating instruction leads to poverty. All these things. But, uh, the last one I want to touch on here. 
foolishness and vain associations. The, the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, says, He that tilleth his land, verse 19, Proverbs 28, 19, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. And that's pretty clear. And there's verses like that. You'll find five or six of these verses like that in the book of Proverbs that says, this and this leads to, leads to blessings and, and wisdom, and this leads to poverty. And this is one of those verses. It says, follow after vain persons, and it leads to poverty. I remember as a young man, uh, and I, I mentioned just briefly this morning that I spent three or four years playing in a band, and out of the will of God, uh, Dad kicked me out of the house at the age of 18, you know, because I was living uh, a worldly lifestyle. And he said, you can live that way. I'm not going to pay for it, you know. Go live right or go find another place to live. And uh, I'm so thankful that he did that. If you have young people that aren't living for the Lord and they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, stop feeding them and, uh, and send them on their way and, and uh, let them strike out on their own. Amen. And it was the best thing my dad could have done for me. I'm thankful that he did that. But uh, I spent two or three years pursuing that, that sort of uh, prideful desire and dream of playing in a, in a band and that kind of thing. But several of the young men that I that I knew or that were associates of mine that we played music together over time, um, they just they, they they were that type of lifestyle, you know, involved. They were involved in drugs, alcohol, and this kind of thing, and just vain persons. And uh, and and that the, the, these these are young people that, or or just men in general, people in general. Uh, that are living for themselves, living for the flesh, living for today, and that's vanity. And the Bible says that following after those type of people will drag you down into poverty. So praise the Lord. Young people, beware who you hang out with. Take care who you associate with. Make sure that you associate with wise men and wise godly women. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every... This is about talking about... Christians, every brother that walketh disorderly, not after the tradition which he received of us, Paul said. But uh, there's a very strong biblical consensus that tells us wisdom is from God. Wisdom leads to a life uh, of peace and joy. But foolishness and rejecting God's wisdom is going to destroy your life. So um, I'm thankful that I had a, just a chance to be here with you. I hope this was an encouragement to you. And uh, God bless you folks so much.